0: So this, not having Haaland is essentially an all or nothing kind of play. You either shoot up, if your pick outscores Haaland, you're going to fly up above 80% of FPL. But at the same time, if it doesn't work out, you're going to be at the bottom 70, 20%. You're going to be, you know, end up with a gimmick rank of 8 million or some some stupid thing like that. But yeah, all or nothing, Siva. Uh, I thought about it, man. How annoying will it be if I have Haaland and he scores a hat-trick, scores two, scores one? Doesn't matter at all to your team.
1: Oh, Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the FPL Banger podcast. My name is Siva. I'm joined by Sam. Sam, Game Week 1 is finally here. And this is our second video back. Since yeah. we last recorded the Community Shield happened. Did you watch it? What did you think about it? Has it completely radically altered your team in any way?
0: Yes, it has, Siva, but there will be spoilers for the later part of the show. So, but definitely not drastically, I don't know. Is it drastic? You'll be the judge when the time comes, I guess, Siva. All right, but let's let's talk a bit
1: about the game because I looked back at last year's episode that we did on the community shield, and I don't know, hindsight, foresight, whatever you want to call it. Maybe I was slightly reactive to it. Like if you know, if you remember Darwin mm-hmm. Yunus scored and had this amazing superstar performance, Haaland mm-hmm. did nothing. And we all got a bit excited about Darwin. I didn't bring Darwin into my Game Big one team in the end, and I still stuck with Haaland and it worked out. But some people did go with Darwin and uh well, circumstances sort of conspired against him. He did well in game week one as a sub, but then got sent off in game week two.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. See, it feels like ages ago, man. It, yeah, it does. But
1: I mean, I feel like maybe there's. I, I see a lot of I saw a lot of tweets on uh, Sunday night about people saying don't draw anything from this game. It's completely useless. A lot of people getting a lot of likes for tweets along hmm. those lines. Like this is a complete waste of time. It's just a glorified friendly. Uh, can't believe people are changing their teams based on this. And I think those people who say that, I feel like they almost weren't watching the game because I watched full 90 minutes and penalties. And what I can tell you is this. For me, uh, for
0: full, Arsenal... 100 minutes, you mean?
1: So yeah, for 100 and... What is it? 100 <laughs> and... It was supposed to be 8 minutes of stoppage time. Went all the way to 100 plus. We'll talk about yeah. how that affected. And for those who thought, you know, added time won't have any impact, we, we see it in the first game of the season. Arsenal score... Basically, last kick of the game, and they wouldn't have done that had we not had this added time. And I think I read a stat across the entire EFL, so in the Championship, League One, League Two, this week, sixteen minutes added on on average. So, I, clean sheets to me feel like it's just it's just going to go 16 One One, six. yeah wow. okay. yeah so wow. sixteen minutes on average for each game, um, so. All the more reason I think your defenders need to have defenders with, you know, attacking potential, right? Because clean sheets are the, the Man city clean sheet is going to go every week. <laughs> 90th, yeah. 90 plus eight consolation goals are going to be coming in each week. Do we have a section to talk about this later? We'll talk about Obviously it when we come now. To... Actually, no, we'll talk about it when we talk about defense and team structure. Hmm. But I just thought for this game, right, the Arsenal City game, I feel like if you're looking at it from Man City perspective, I agree with people who say this wasn't a very useful game in terms of data because I think City mm-hmm. did treated it like a preseason game. It was only their fourth game back. Obviously, they finished later than everyone else. Haaland came off on sixty. It feels like Pep was okay to lose this. It wasn't like he was, you know, giving it his full one hundred percent. Obviously, they want to win, but they weren't going all in. Whereas I feel like with Arsenal, six game back. Arteta's subs didn't come in until the 75th minute. And I think he took it really seriously. He really wanted to win. And so, therefore... He he
0: got a yellow for that. (laughs) For taking it too seriously.
1: So early on as well. But I think for Arsenal, this really meant a lot more. Not just because of the result, but ultimately, they really wanted to win it. And so, therefore, I feel like their formation, their tactics, their entire approach is more useful to analyse going forward. Whereas with City, I think... uh, you know, they they weren't too upset.
0: They won't lose sleep over losing this. Yeah, I, I it feels like City did not have a preseason. Do you get that vibe from them? <laughs> like we get reports of everyone's preseason, their formation and who scored and what. I feel like I've I've pretty much read nothing about City because every preseason game they haven't even played one with a full strength squad. I think. Like, uh, you know, KDB has been out. He came on during the, the Community Shield uh, for SAP, but, you know, he's been playing like the youth players, Cole Palmer, who scored. Uh, do, do you get that vibe from them? <laughs> like, I literally can draw zero conclusions from City's preseason. It feels very
1: sort of, like they're almost purposely trying to start slow. Like, we always <laughs> think they start slow, but this isn't, they just really want to start slow. But I guess he's just not... You know, you've already done everything. You, you reached the summit, right? So you know your quality. You know that this team will be good. So why get too stressed about it? Give everyone a few minutes. KDB looked amazing once he came on. This is the first time he's played all preseason. Changed yeah. the game, I why, think.
0: What has he been doing, man, this preseason? And I read that he's like weeks ahead of um his recovery schedule. Yeah. Originally, he was supposed to come back like, um I don't know, end of August or something like that. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks oh. ready. Yeah, he looked really sharp, right? For someone who hasn't touched the ball, I mean, he may, yeah. he probably has, but <laughs> pretty much uh, his first first match um, since summer.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the main man, right? Because the discourse I think coming out of this was, Erling Haaland, and he didn't have his best game. In fact, it's it was a very customary sort of community shield performance from Haaland. Now,
0: not not only did he not have his best game, he maybe had one of his worst games in a city shed, I think yeah 13 touches in the entire game he played
1: 60 minutes zero xg zero shots not a great day for him has this you know let's let's get into spoiler territory right has this impacted (laughs) your your selection
0: for your team how seriously did you take this performance or non-performance from Haaland? i honestly i did not take it very seriously at all um, but there is some different. I know a lot of people are referencing how bad, so-called bad, he did last year. There is some differences, though. Um, last year, if you remember, he was still getting into promising positions. Just couldn't really get that final touch to score. He had, um, I think, two or three um, chances. Maybe one big chance, if I remember correctly. He was in the right position, just the finishing was not quite there. So that's why, you know, people still had faith going into him, like, okay, at least... We have that he was in the right positions. Not yesterday though. <laughs> he, zero shots is is quite bad. And look at his touches. None of it is in the penalty box. Um, most most of it is not even in his own half. I think. Or this half of it is not even in his own half. Yeah. Didn't look good. But again, I do agree. Community Shield is a glory flight friendly, especially for City. I think. Um, they're treating it just like any other preseason game. So, I don't think we can draw too many conclusions from that match from City's side. However, Arsenal, I think it gave a lot of insight on how Ateta plans to proceed in the season. So, yeah, that's where we can really draw value from the match.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, Haaland's not going to play William Saliba every week, okay? So, people just need to calm down. Like, next week he's <laughs> playing... Uh, who is he playing on Friday, Sam?
0: First match against Burnley, right? Um, Taylor.
1: Taylor Howard Bell. You're thinking of Taylor Howard Bell, right? No, Charlie Taylor, right? (laughs) Charlie Taylor still plays for Burnley.
0: (laughs) I didn't check. Um, Amin Aldakli, who Mm -hmm. is um, centre-back slash right-back for them, who is a really good player in five years if my FM game Predict stuff correctly. <laughs> he leads my team, uh, my Cardiff team to Champions League and multiple uh, Premier League titles. So is he is he a wonder kid on FM? Um no, because he's already like I mean he's young, but it's not exactly wonder kid territory. Oh, but yeah. a solid, dependable, three-star player who does the job. But coming
1: back to Haaland, right? I, I just don't think, yeah, I feel like slight overreactions that people are having to this performance and oh maybe he's finished and maybe we can start moving away from him because ultimately it's they're playing like we got to sort of it's hard i say this as an Arsenal fan but we really have to start thinking like this is the second best team in the country he's not going to play them every week most teams he's playing each week are way below this quality he's going to have much easier games so i really wouldn't stress out about this
0: yeah i agree
1: Surprised to you, not not, not controversial, but you spoke about the Arsenal setup. So let's talk about how Arsenal did set up, right? How surprised were you to see Kai Havertz playing number nine?
0: Not surprised at all. Um, I kind of felt he would try it. Um, And I think I I saw on Twitter that a few people kind of predicted that it would happen. Give it a try. Now, whether he goes forward with it after the performance, I'm not too sure anymore. I think Trossard with the goal, especially how he did when he came on, yeah, but it's an option, it is an option for um for Arteta. Harvard could play there, Trossack could play there, and could play there. So now, last time we were concerned about two players, now we have three.
1: Yeah, some people say I, I did watch, I think, Net That Hall today, and they said that Arteta is basically becoming pep, and so mm-hmm. we're gonna see this happen more and more this season. But I thought, again, I hope I'm not getting carried away because I did get very excited about Harvard's last week, but I felt like Harvard did a really good job. Like he held up the ball well. He brought people into the game. He also had chances. He missed them. But like, I mean, to get two good chances against Man City is, I feel like, already a really good job. Against worse teams, he's gonna get more chances if he plays that role. I feel he will score goals. And and Arteta was really excited about how well he did. And Trossard didn't come on for Harvard's, which I found interesting. Trossard came mm-hmm. on for Martinelli. Harvard's was one of the last people to come off. So I feel that tells you. And by then, we were chasing the game. So, I feel like he is clearly somebody who Arteta will give minutes to. He is a starter for Arteta. It's a really big responsibility to give him that. A lot of people thought Enketea, And people still seem to think that Enketea starts against Forest. I I just don't see it. Like I feel like if he trusted Enketea that much, he would have played him against City. Or he would have played him less in the preseason friendly against Monaco to give him the chance to start Enketea against Man City.
0: Yeah, I think it's either Trossard or Harvard's, um who plays that in the middle. Yeah. And do you feel like Harvard's, uh going forward?
1: Like, what did you think about in terms of the way they set up, right? Because they played... Martinelli and Saka were really wide and you had Odegaard sort of coming forward. You had concerns, I remember, last week. Does Havertz affect how Odegaard is this season as an FPL pick? What do you feel now?
0: I think after watching the game... Um, looks alright Harvard's the one kind of I mean of course he was playing the ninth so so maybe it's not that relevant yet uh, we'll have to wait and see until uh, they're both in the midfield and they have a proper striker up front whether it's Jesus whether it's Trossard but yeah based on what we saw in the game Harvard is the one kind of making the late runs into the box Odegaard kind of staying in the half space outside doesn't look like it'll be an issue but it's still a wait and see I think yeah My general takeaway is that all
1: of those guys, Saka, Odegaard, Harvard, Martinelli, looked good and will still probably be decent for attacking returns. Uh, I I feel like the fact that Partey and Rice played so well together means that it may take a while before he gets rid of Partey from the lineup. I think that much we can tell because it was so solid. Like in the first half, City had 0.8 xG, which Mm -hmm. is amazing considering the level of opposition you're playing. Uh, obviously second half dropped off a bit. What do you think about Ben White? I was really impressed with Ben White. Like he played like a proper right back. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. so long since I've watched a uh, competitive game with Arsenal. I forgot just how, like this guy does not look like a centre-back.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, he's pretty much not a <laughs> centre-back anymore. Bombing runs up the flanks. He looked good, but he's still so expensive, right? It's 0.5 I don't know. mil. I mean, is worth more than saliva Gabriel? I mean, if that kind of performance happens every week,
1: and I have to believe it will, because I mean, Ben White was playing, okay, people say he's playing a Kanji, not a natural left-back. But I still think, top-quality defense, he was basically occupying both a Kanji and Grealish at times, and he's such a favorite player by Ateta, he plays almost every week. I think 5.5 million for an a- attacking wing-back, basically. He's now, you know, full-back, wing-back, whatever you want to call him. 5.5 mil million doesn't seem like it's such a high price, right? It's just 0.5 ahead of Gabriel, who you're relying purely on corners. Like, how often do you see a team scoring from corners?
0: You have a good point, Siva. Um, I wouldn't start with him, but I can see people moving on to White as the season progress. Um, Because if things remain like last year, not only clean sheets, not only the attacking potential, but even bonus points. I remember last year, he was really mopping up the bonus points. So, you have to wait and And see. A lot of... Oh, Siva, sorry. A lot of rumours about Arsenal bringing in a right back, though.
1: Uh, we were linked with Cancelo earlier in the window. I I suspect now that we've signed Timber that's not on the table. Timber's not a left back, right? He's a centre yeah, back who can yeah. play right back.
0: That's true. Oh. Actually, I was worried um, when Timber joined, because it seems kind of a similar profile to White, and maybe an upgrade based on reputation. But yeah, we have to see. So now he's he's playing on the left, right? While Zinchenko, yeah, while Zinchenko is out. Friendly, he does. Re- he's doing really well, though, on the left. He was sexy, man. I mean,
1: that, that for me is just Timber was so sexy. Just watching him, like his footwork was too good. Like, how is this guy a centre back? He was running up and down the flank. He was he was walking around Walker and Bernardo Silva. He just looked amazing. And no coincidence that the moment he was subbed off, Tierney came on. And immediately we conceded a goal. Like, there's just no coincidence there. I think Timber was excellent, given that it's not even his natural position.
0: So, a risk when Zinchenko comes back that Timber starts taking whites' minutes starts?
1: I think it's harder for Zinchenko to get back in, if I'm being very honest. Mm. Uh, Zinchenko a few weeks ago gave an interview where he said, uh, This Timber guy might be even better than me. And I don't think, <laughs> I think he was only half joking. <laughs> I think it'll be harder for Zinchenko to get back in. Pep and Arteta seem to have a competition on how many center backs can you get onto the pitch right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's... yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: Okay, so enough about that game. I think we did learn a lot of useful stuff. And yeah, I, my big takeaway was Ben White. Obviously, I found this uh, amazing because this was after the game. Arteta went up to Harvard's and he hear him the and...
0: Harvard's propaganda.
1: It's it, going all in, mate. And, i'll come to why it's relevant because even the stat guys all the stat nerds are on a harvard's now I'll, I'll come back to why that's important <laughs> but this is Arteta after the match because he went up to harvard's and you could hear him on the screen saying you know top 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 like he was really happy with the performance that carried on into the press match uh the press conference where he said harvard's was superb the way he pressed and it was so Hang intelligent on,
0: he was do it do it with an Ateta impression come on
1: uh, He was superb. I I can't can't do (laughs) a (laughs) Spanish Okay, okay, just read it then. I feel like if you had asked me like Ferguson or something, I could have tried. But uh, (laughs) no, let's not lose our Spanish audience. But yeah, he he basically said Harvard was superb. The way he pressed was amazing. He was in great positions, got in good positions to score, unlucky not to score. Obviously, yes, he's supposed to say all this about his new expensive signing, right? But I just feel like people like Pep and uh, Arteta aren't going to give free praise. Like, I feel like if you do well, they will say it. If you do badly, they may protect you, but they aren't going to just gas you up for no reason. And this is why I think he starts against Forrest. He might start a striker, and if not a striker, he'll be in a role that allows him to get forward. I think Arteta was really ha- happy with how he got forward. And yes, if it wasn't Harvard, like, I just think if this was a striker named, I don't know... uh. Let's, let's just say sam jones and he had 0.5 xg against man city everyone would be like hey i'm interested in that guy you know i want to get him in my team but because he's kai harvard's like, oh no not again not this trap again trauma he from score. the past year yeah yeah don't you feel like that's happening right now like 0.5 xg like darwin did the same thing last season okay with the goals but everyone got so excited but because this is kai harvard's we're all scared we don't want to go in
0: I do agree. Um, not only for Harvard's, but I think for a lot of players, we do bring a lot of um reputation. Bias. Yeah, yeah, reputation, bias from previous, uh, from the previous season. I won't even say seasons. Um, and it might not even be the whole season, just from the last 10 weeks of the last season, and we tend to bring a lot of bias um coming into this season. So, yeah, I'm with you, Siva. I'm with you. We're giving Harvard's a fresh start. I think he's a great player. Um he moved to Chelsea. I wouldn't say Chelsea ruined him, but they definitely ruined his reputation, at least or, you know. So yeah, I I think there's a great player in there. You could be on to something.
1: Yeah, okay. Enough Harvard's propaganda. But I I do think, just in general, this is, we came back to like Mares last year and all that. Like, I think people it's not even just their reputation from the last season, it's the reputation for when you last old them in FPL. I think that's what people bring into this. Mm -hmm. Like, You just got to check that at the door. Okay, let's talk about... Now we've got a great graph on the screen from Rob TFBL, who updates these quite constantly, so follow him on Twitter. Um, Projector goals. So, Jao Pedro, Sam, and I I think that's the big topic this week. Jao Pedro took another penalty for Brighton. He scored again. This penalty was with Pascal Gross on the pitch. So, it seems like Jao Pedro may be first-choice pen taker for Brighton. It was their last preseason friendly before the season, where they played what looks like their first 11, they only made three subs at halftime, so it feels like they were taking it quite seriously. He played the full 90. Are you interested in Jao Pedro when he's 5.5 million, or is it too risky, and would you just go for somebody safe like Oli Watkins?
0: I would go for someone safe like Oli Watkins, but Oli Watkins is a lot more expensive than Jao Pedro, right? Yeah. Um, 3 mil, If if my math is correct. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, math is wrong, but uh, it's 2.5 mil. 2.5 right? mil. Okay, close enough. <laughs> but yeah, so that's not a fair comparison, Siva. Compare João Pedro to any other 5.5 striker, then I think he's on top despite the minutes risk. I feel like we are sure that he will start game week one. Yeah, but does he start game week two? Yeah, that is the question. Does he start game week two? Does he start game week three, four, five? Are you going to... Use a transfer in a few weeks' time if he loses his place and Ferguson starts playing or well back. Um, are you going to do that? Are you going to find another 5.5 striker to move to? Are you going to have to sacrifice someone else in your team to move him up and there'll be two transfers out? I feel it's still too much of a risk for me. However, you know, you do you. At least you know he'll probably start giving one, so you have that.
1: It's interesting. I think uh, and this sort of brings us to the main question we have for the pod. This is from FPL Thomas Jones, uh, long-time listener, and also somebody with really great rank history, so do follow him on Twitter. So he says, it's been a wild preseason. I don't like to pay too much attention to player form and minutes. It's often misleading, can make us pick assets that we regret after two game weeks. Neves last year as an example. So what are your thoughts?
0: I didn't pick Neves last year. <laughs> Did anyone pick Neves last year? Neto. Neto was last year's... Um... Maybe
1: the trauma is so bad that he's confusing nerves that neto, which I, I can't blame him. But
0: you can find gems in preseason. Um, do you remember Ben Rama, T- two years ago, last year? I do remember when Ben I- Rama. Yeah. Two years ago, he did well uh, when he came on, but it did not last that long, though. I have to well. admit, it's just good for a few weeks. Um, yeah, I agree. Though you can't put too much thoughts on on re- um on returns. From preseason on goals and assists. However, what you can look is whether their minutes are secured, whether they are preferred, and any formation changes, and um, and uh, the tactics. I think you can kind of get from preseason the tactics that they want to play with. Counter-attacking, possession base, blah, blah, blah. So that is what you can really gain from, from preseason.
1: I'm with you. I think minutes is really important. I, I looked back at Arsenal's last pre-season friendly last season against Sevilla. And we played the exact same 11 in that game as we did in the first game of the season against Palace. So I do think and it makes sense, right? I mean, you're going to run out uh, your final game. You do want to sort of try and firm things up uh, and have a sort of test out ideas ahead of the new season. So I don't think it's relevant. Minutes are relevant. Obviously not goals like Kane scoring four goals against Shakhtar Donetsk shouldn't change your thinking, although it's hard to stop yourself. Uh, Richarlison scoring a hat-trick against
0: Singapore's <laughs> Lion <Damn>. City
1: Sailors. <laughs> yeah. People throwing a lot of shade at Lion City Sailors. I, I get very like offended. Like We're Malaysian, so we're not Singaporean, but it just feels like, like come on, man, respect our league. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> but, interesting about minutes, right? And so, Thomas Jones did ask us about minutes. Ja Pedro has played the most minutes of any forward in Brighton in preseason, which... Is not a bad thing to do, I guess, considering the level of competition he has. And he's on pens. Yeah. Like, I feel like those two are really good. But, like you say, Sam, no exit route. And this is what happened last season with Neto and Bailey, right? If you remember, a lot of people on Neto, mm. a lot of people on Bailey. Both, both. were 5.5. Think, with a <laughs> five both did work out. Yeah, both did work out. Uh, in, and in Leon Bailey's case, I remember it very painfully because Game week 1 played well, didn't return. Game week 2, Jared be- benched him. Game week 3, I sold him, he scored. So. <laughs> I can see why the temptation is let's just go safe go back to Ollie Watkins he plays every minute of every week i think Ollie Watkins is top 10 each season for minutes played amongst all players uh, he's he's made out of adamantium or something never gets injured he always shows up but i just want to show a calculation i just picked it out at random you could pick any combination and get a different calculation you take Jao Pedro Sala and Brian Bomo. total cost is 24.5 million their projected goals is 38.5 goals you take Ollie Watkins, Bruno Fernandes, and Gabriel Martinelli, same price of 24.5 million. But if you look at this chart here, projector goals, 36.75. So there's like a slight edge. Obviously, nothing's finite, you know, but money balling it, Sam. Are you, <laughs> would this make you more tempted to include Giao Pedro because he enables somebody like Asala?
0: Giao Pedro's predicted goals are 9.5. 9.5, 9.5 goals. But okay. that's assuming that you hold him exactly when he has his goals. And if he blanks the first three and you sell him and then he's cost... I mean, there's a lot of variables. It's not an exact science. If FL was this easy, everyone would win. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. However, I I like my assets to start or at least be secure to start. Um, we have a few exceptions. So I'm okay with a João Pedro punt if that's what you're looking for. Um, if you have an exit strategy, I mean, it's not that hard, I guess. You sell someone else and upgrade him to whichever it, striker is doing well. You can do it. I I can see the appeal. Yeah, Brighton, especially if they keep um, going as attacking as they were last year, which, according, um, looking at their preseason, looks like it's heading in that direction. So I can definitely see the appeal. I mean, we've both said that if any one of these strikers for Brighton nail down a spot, whether it's Jao Pedro, whether it's Ferguson, um, I don't know about Welbeck though. <laughs> reputation, yeah. sir. You're bringing past reputation. Yeah. And Kudus is coming, probably. Muhammad Kudus. Yeah. Who is also a really good player. Yeah. But um, definitely an attacker from Brighton, if any one of them is nailed, would be a great option to have in your team.
1: What do you think That's about... It.
0: That's it. I don't have a Brighton player in my team.
1: <laughs> it's good because yeah, you didn't have you didn't have one last week, so you have stayed consistent. So I like that. Like you're you're holding to your guns. What do you think about team structure and flexibility? Because so the everyone says, oh, you got Jao Pedro. He's five point five million. Where are you gonna go? There's only one guy. I think Carlton Morris from Luton is five point five. You don't want to pin your entire season on a Luton striker, no matter how good they may be. So the common reply to that is that it only takes two transfers to fix this. If you go pedron Salah, you break Salah into somebody cheaper and you can fix your problem. How easy is that once the season rolls? Because I feel like... I, I mean, it sounds simple, but I know from past experience I never want to take hits early on and I'm always going to be struggling to find two free transfers to make that move. So it, it's almost like you're baked into that structure. You're stuck with it until you wildcard. And is. Is that really a big deal? Because you do have the wildcard. I mean, it's one of those, like, you could smash it if you need to. So how do you feel about team structure and flexibility at the start of the season? Is it important to be flexible?
0: I, the right way of playing FPL <laughs> is to make sure you're flexible by having players at specific price points where you know there are options, right? So yeah. make sure you have a player who is, uh, you know I'm getting it, right? Yeah because um, they tend, I don't know, I don't know if FPL does this on purpose, but they tend to be specific price points where you can move to many players. So like, for example, in the midfield, there's so many 6.5 midfielders getting one enables you to move easily. Um, that's an example. But yeah, that's the right way to play FPL. Okay. So basically, I, don't, I think... I don't, I don't follow the rule. <laughs> but you advise yeah. people to try and follow the rule. I advise people off the rule and it's up to them if they want to follow it. Personally, I don't like doing it because it's just not fun to me. If I feel there are multiple 6.5 midfielders that I like, I'll I'll get them both, you know. I'm not gonna, but uh, okay, I must have one 6.5 midfielder, one 8.0 slash 8.5 midfielder, one... uh, Do do you know what I'm saying? Um, Especially if there's no one at that price point that you really like, but you kind of force yourself to pick one, I, I generally just go for, I'll, I'll pick 11 players that I like.
1: <laughs> Makes sense. I, I think it's it's hard to say what's right and what's wrong, but I do feel like the price points approach, so you have, so let's say, 8, eight million midfielders and 6.5 million midfielders, what it does is it's risk management. It allows you to run away from somebody if they fail, and it allows you to do that with one free transfer as opposed to having to restructure your whole team and I think that's the benefit of say Oli Watkins, 8 million. If he fails after three weeks, you've got so many people to go down to. If Jao Pedro fails, it's a lot harder to fix that. And I really like Jao Pedro as a pick. And I, I still might have him, but I, I'm I'm aware of the it needs a lot of luck for this to work. Like he really needs to return in these first three weeks for this to be viable. And if he doesn't, uh I'm starting from a much worse position. I almost there's a high chance I'll have to walk out way earlier than everybody else. And I think that's the risk you take.
0: Yeah, correct, correct. But I think um, something that we said last week starting the season with one of two risks like João Pedro, it's fine, you know, because um, it's, even if it goes wrong, it's just one fire to put out. However, if you're going with multiple players who are minutes risk, the chances of all of it going wrong, and then you have to hit the wild card in game three, four, you know, that's a situation you want to avoid. So. One or two risks, that's okay, I think. Yeah, pick your gambles, I think. Uh, Let's jump ahead to
1: what has happened in... Well, yesterday, Liverpool played their final preseason game. They won 3-1 against uh, second Bundesliga side, I think, Damstad. Salah got a goal and assist. He's now up to two goals and seven assists. So we're doing what uh, Thomas said
0: don't do, which is looking at returns (laughs) returns from preseason. And in the no, meantime, we're just stating the facts, not saying that it's affecting our decision making. We're just stating facts. We're
1: just we're just putting look these numbers are on the official FPL side, which I really am impressed. Mm. Like FPL now keeps track of preseason minutes and goals. They they're really getting into the the content side and the stat side of things, which is nice. But you've looked at Salah, two hundred seventy minutes, two goals, seven assists. Then you look at somebody like Bruno Fernandez with one goal, Rashford with one goal and one assist all preseason. Are you starting? To feel like your reason, you know, because you you have Salah SM in your last draft. I assume he has stayed in your current draft.
0: He has. Still my gimmick one captain. Spoiler alert for our captaincy section.
1: Well, you've got more legs on captaincy this week than you have last week because people are starting to get scared about Haaland. Mm. Do you think Salah is now becoming to the point where he is really, I'm not saying essential, but he's justifying the, you know, the four million extra ahead of
0: somebody like Bruno? Yes. <laughs> that's, the, that's the simple answer. I've always thought this um, ever since my first draft. Salah is Salah, king of FPL. Um, 12.5, I don't know why, but it actually feels cheap for Salah. Um, you know, not talking about obtaining costs and everything, just on its own. Plus, mm. Salah tends to start the season strong. I'm not saying I'm going to go the whole season with Salah. I may or may not. But at least for the first few weeks, I'm pretty sure... Uh, Salah as safe as any to, to return. Talk, talk to me about Bruno Fernandes. Because I'll be honest,
1: I don't know about other people. I am He's the guy who I have the most sort of cold feet about. Like, he's in mm-hmm. all popular teams. He's in all predicted points teams. He's in, you know, stats, odds, whatever. People say Bruno Fernandes is going to have a good season this year. He was very unlucky last season. I've looked at the underlying numbers. I know his expected assists were off the chart. His expected goals were decent for his price point. I I, I still have like some reservation or doubt. And I'm not a United fan. So you tell me as a United fan, like, is Bruno Fernandes like the real deal this season? Or are we going to get the same of last season where, you know, goes lots of weeks with nothing. Then double game week. Oh, okay. Now I'll take it seriously. And then, you
0: know. <laughs> but yeah, double game week merchant last year. Yeah.
1: So, so what is Bruno Fernandes? Is he the truth? Is he the
0: real deal? Is Bruno Fernandes a good value for 8.5? Yes, I think so. Last year, he severely underperformed his expected assists. In fact, um, he recorded his highest expected assists last season than any season he's joined. But he underperformed it a lot. But as you know, under um, expected assists has nothing to do with you. It's all about the, the striker or whoever finishing um, your pass. No one finishes it. You don't get the points. <laughs> You don't get the assist. Now we finally have a good striker. I think Bruno will have a good season. However, I think if Bruno has a good season and being the chief creator, the person he's creating for will have an even better season. That's why personally, I feel the 0.5 that you have to pay to get Rashford is worth it over Bruno. In isolation, Bruno is a great pick. But I would ranking as the second best United pick after Rashford. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I think Rashford has always been like locked
1: in every single draft. I feel like this is like talisman. He is the, the, the guy that makes this team tick in a way that uh, you need to have him in FPL. So I, I'm down with that. Do you think that the fact that we now have this 20 minutes of stoppage time each week, that makes Bruno a better pick, uh, even more essential in that sense? Or, well, not essential for you maybe, but even... More a better pick simply because Bruno plays all minutes every single week. He's a specialist at getting penalties in stoppage time and scoring them after the whistle is blown. That kind of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it definitely uh, increases his value. Not um, to me, not above Rashford, but still makes him a really good pick. I think. I think he's gonna be gonna have a really good season. He's gonna make a mockery of his eight point five million price tag.
1: What do you think about the other midfielders from these two teams on the screen now, Liverpool and United, who we haven't spoken about? Uh, you know, your Jota, Diaz, Anthony, and also for forwards like Kody Gakpo.
0: Hmm. Uh, I I have something to say about Kody Gakpo. I think he played in midfield um yesterday. Yeah. Jota played up top, he played behind. As an eight. Yeah. But I think that's great because the problem with Liverpool's forwards is that we have no idea who is nailed, aside from Salah. We don't know. We don't know if Diaz is going to play, Nunes, Jota, Capo. But the fact that he plays Capo at the back kind of um, increases the appeal because then you know he has multiple positions he can play. He can play on the left, he can play in the middle, he can play in the eighth. Therefore, higher chance of him being in the squad. Uh, and starting a game. So I like it. And I think Klopp really likes him as a player as well. Um, he's the most Firmino-ish player in among all of them. Right? Yeah. So yeah, um, I like apo If Jota nails that spot, but that's the thing. Um, we don't know, right? We don't know if he will nail. Yes, he did start. And yes, he did score. And they look good. They look like they have good chemistry together. But at any point, Nunes could just suddenly start up top. On the left, same with yes. So I like Akpo. I think if you were real you really wanted a second Liverpool attacker, Kodik Akpo is the way to go.
1: But you wouldn't gamble on any of them as your first and only Liverpool attacker.
0: Nah, I wouldn't personally because I feel at seven point five mil you probably will do better to just up um a zero point five and get Watkins.
1: And same for Jota. 8 million, you feel you'd prefer the Arsenal mids and the yeah. United mids.
0: Correct. Exactly.
1: Okay. And so no love for Mason Mount and Anthony, I take it?
0: Nah. Um, not for Mason Mount. I think he'll be a good player, but a good cog in the machine. But won't be a great asset FPL-wise. Anthony still... I mean, obviously, um, he... Is our first choice, I think now. But whether that stays the whole season, I don't know. Hoping Sancho gets some kind of redemption arc there. <laughs> as unlikely as it may be. But who knows, we actually have a lot of wingers. Um, so we have Sancho, we have Anthony, we have uh, Ahmad Diallo, who unfortunately got injured in pre-season. Um, Pellistri has been doing really well, but he may go on loan. Rashford, um, now he'll probably start up top, but once our striker comes in, he would play on the wing. Um... So yeah, it's a lot of players for very few positions.
1: You may start someone who's... And Ganacho, right?
0: So, and a lot of people feel that Ganacho is ready to come up. He probably will start game week one on the left wing, although I can't say 100% for sure because Sancho can play there as well. But yeah, if he, you know, he plays on the left, but he can play on the right as well, could take minutes off Anthony. It's too uncertain for me. And his returns are not that good as well, Anthony. So it doesn't justify the risk.
1: I'm, I'm disappointed because you had Garacho for that goal against Fulham <laughs> last year. So I'm surprised <laughs> he's not in your team. But
0: I'm very tempted, I have to admit.
1: Very, very tempted. But Okay, you're being sensible. So this is the amazing fixture ticket we had. Uh, and looking at it, I thought, just to sort of uh, justify the teams that we have, I thought, let's just sort of clear up. Are United's fixtures good or bad?
0: Can you help me out here? They are decent. (laughs) Some fixes are good, some fixes are bad. It's really 50-50, I think.
1: Are they good enough to justify having two attackers?
0: No. Um, I don't think so. I would rather have two Arsenal attackers and one United attacker. Interesting. So you don't think United smash
1: Wolves and Forest? Because that's, I think, the only reason I have two, or at least I've had two in drafts, is because I'm scared of getting to game week three and getting mauled. Whereas I think I'd be safer once you're out of game week three. But it's just those first, you know, two out of three fixtures that really scare me. Because Wolves, I think having a lot of issues right now, Lopetegui is being linked uh, mm-hmm. with the departure. They might sack him like on the day of the game. And <laughs> just Forest have looked awful in
0: preseason. Arsenal's playing Forest in the first week. Yeah. If United's going to smash Forest, why is Arsenal going to do it to them?
1: I like how you you could build. Uh, I mean, we'll get to draws, but you could build quite a easy, you know, easily an attack with four from Arsenal and United. You know, it's not yeah, that Yeah, yeah,
0: I think so. Like Rashford, Bruno, Martinelli, and Saka, that okay. is a strong team to start with. Mm. But personally, I think just with the team structure, I feel there's more points from. If we were to say, uh, you had to pick three, right? From going Saka and Martinelli plus Rashford rather than Rashford and Bruno plus just one of Saka or Martinelli. But I think it's really minimal, actually. Okay. Um, what do you think about perhaps Perhaps it's just pessimism from a United fan. After all, yeah. I remember the start of last season. <laughs> did not go so well. So, yeah. Yeah, but he's had a
1: season to bed in. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that you'll be anywhere near as bad as that I think. <laughs> what do you think about Villa's fixtures because um I, and the reason I'm clearing this up because I feel like there's a lot of I think especially when you first saw the fixtures I think the first impression Watkins wasn't in any draft and the reason for that was everybody looked at the fixtures and thought eh, it looks a bit tricky but now that we have no strikers and Kuku is out for three months Jesus is out we're all going back to Watkins and now we're saying actually these these are not bad fixtures so are they good fixtures or are they bad
0: fixtures they're not terrible fixtures and I think Emery has built the team in a way where anyone outside of the top six, they probably, you know, they, they are probably the best of the rest, right? Seventh yeah. or eighth best team in the league. So every team outside of the top six is kind of a good fixture for them, or at least decent. And even against the top six, I think, um, you know, in the second half of last season, once Emery really got going, they were taking points off them. So scoring yeah. at least, you know, if not if not getting a win, but, Watkins was still scoring. So I think he's a safe... He's he's like a season keeper, I think. The only thing that I think can really derail their season is the added burden of um, playing Europe. However, Emery is an Europe specialist, so we'll see how that goes. But the squad as a whole may not be used to having to play so many games. Watkins, though, is a machine. He starts every game. Hardly ever gets injured. You would think that even with Europe, he would still start which, uh, yeah, solidifies his pick to me. I think he could potentially be a full season keeper.
1: I'm down with that. Let's sort of, before we get to drafts, I just want to look at, we've got this table here from 11.5. It's about projected goals and projected clean sheets. So this is projected goals. And I find it interesting that, so the top four attacks he has projected, City, Arsenal, Liverpool and Brighton, then United. Villa, sort of halfway does that affect Watkins or is this, you know, the team may not do so well, but he's the talisman, so therefore he's not affected by the fact that their ranking is so low in projected
0: goals? Yeah, talisman. Even if they lose 3-1, you if you had to bet on one player who would be involved in that one Villa goal, it would be Watkins. And by contrast, the fact that Brighton are so high up
1: here, fourth for goals in the first six weeks, is the fact that they have so many forwards, your excuse to not have any Brighton attackers, because it'll be too split up amongst all of them.
0: Yeah, which is actually what we've seen um, last season. Of course, he has Mitoma did go on that run where he scored I don't know how many goals in. But then, after that run finished, um, and things came back to reality, it was really spread out. You know, Mitoma, March, Ferguson, well back, Gross. <laughs> but, but yeah, so...
1: Let's move on to projected clean sheets. And I find it interesting that it's City, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Chelsea as top four. I, I'm gonna guess that without looking at your latest draft, Sam, you don't have any city defenders, you don't have any local defenders. Uh you probably city have has,
0: City has been top of the clean <laughs> projected clean sheet spot for Forever. years. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but we
1: used we used to own city defenders, you know. Back all, in the ball jokes aside, Port- right? Yeah, Laporte, John Stones, Ruben Diaz. You remember that week where they had that double game week and they massacred people's seasons who didn't have them. So, again, are we bringing past reputation? Are we doing what we said we wouldn't do at the start of the show? Are we bringing past yeah. failures with City and not picking any of the defenders?
0: We are. We are. However, I don't think it was a simple. something as simple as really loud thunder
1: at your side, Siva. Very ominous that when we speak about not <laughs> having any City defenders, <laughs> that's thunder. <Yeah. laughs> I
0: was going to say, um, if it happens just for a period, the last 10 games of the season, City stopped keeping clean sheets, then we could put it down to form. It kind of happened throughout the entire season though. Could point to something more. Um, somehow they are having lapses in concentration in their defence. Teams are getting one goal against them, wiping out the clean sheet. However, you know, if things go back to the way they were, if all the FL players will remember, like we said, two, three years back City, a City defender was a must. Our Double defense. Wouldn't, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to start with them right now. However, you know, I'm not shutting them out for an entire season. Right? Like I said, sometimes people approach their game week one draft with the with mentality that, I need to get everything right. I'm never, <laughs> I'm not gonna make a transfer the entire season. Everything needs to be perfect. No, you know, you get transfers every week. Use your transfers. So I'm approaching it with the idea that no one is gonna keep a clean sheet. I think we talked about this last week too. Clean sheets tend to be uh, less, right, at the start of the season. So that's how I'm approaching my gaming one draft. No clean sheets, therefore, if none of them kick clean sheets, I don't want any city defenders. Because none of them really have attacking threat.
1: Okay, the last topic I want to discuss, and oh, I did have this. So this is from FPL Review, and I just wanted to talk about uh, optimal teams. You know, I know Sam. I'm more into sort of projector points. You're not so much into it, but I found. I don't think I've ever
0: used FPL Review.
1: Yeah, this is not a paid ad, by the way. They don't pay us a single cent. Okay, so this is out of the goodness of our hearts. However,
0: uh, if you do want to pay, you know, hit us up.
1: FPL Review is very good about that. They, they, their service is that good. They don't advertise at all. But it's OK. I, I, I like it because it's got customizable minutes. So you can modify minutes based on. So if you think, say, Alvarez is only going to play 20, you can amend that. And that is then reflected in the projection. So that's pretty useful. So I ran this uh, simulation today. It's like a thousand simulation. Like, it runs it over mm-hmm. and over again. Uh, it takes a lot a, a bit of time, but it's not too long. This is the team they come up with, right? So in goal, Steel, and Pickford. The model likes rotating goalies. Do it with that, what you will. In defense, it has Estupinan, Colwill, Ruben Diaz, uh, Reese James, Sven Botman. I think Reese James is there ahead of Chilwell because people think, he might be on pens. Which, I and don't.
0: I think the, you know the the model assumes that he will be fit and not injured. Yeah, which again another thunder when we mentioned <laughs> Reese James injury <laughs> record. <laughs> very, very
1: ominous midfield. It has Saka, Bruno Fernandes, Brian and Rashford, and Kai Harvard. Like the math mm. is now on Harvard's side, he's in this projection ahead of Odegaard. And finally, up top, you have Haaland and Watkins with a 4.5 uh, forward.
0: I see Danjuma right down there at rank 10. And I have to say, oh. I have my eye on him. If uh, he's injured now, I think so. I'm not sure if he's going start Gaming One and he's playing for Everton, however. He, in before he got injured, he was playing up top for them at 5.5 yeah. mid. That is cheap. You know, you don't need him to score every week as a 5.5 mid. But I'm definitely keeping my eye on him.
1: Looking at this, yeah, I, I'm with you. Adenjum was interesting. You, obviously, you obviously got DCL, who's surprisingly not in this list. I wonder if that's an injury thing. Just taking this uh, list at sort of face value, would you be happy to sort of run with the team that I just sent to you? You know, Steel Pickford, Estrepanan Cowell. Okay, maybe you switch James to Chilwell and that midfield: Saka, Bruno Fernandes, and Bomo Rashford, Harberts, Harlan Watkins. Like this seems like a fairly like what could go wrong with this team, right?
0: I don't think you have enough money for this team, do you?
1: No, you know, <laughs> it's 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 calculated based on hundred mil. It's it, it fits in perfectly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Have I sold you
0: on? It's actually kind of close to my team, mm. kinda, but um, no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not changing my team. I have very strong feelings about my team. All
1: right. right, let's. But uh, it it come, is a good team, I would say. Yeah, it's a good team, right? I want to talk about, in the context of when we get to your team, right, I sort of had two teams here on the screen now. Uh, and this is an argument that people have. And you look at that model team, it had a very strong bench. So here's a team mm-hmm. on the screen now. We have Steele, Gabriel, Diaz, Estupinan, Saka, Rashford, Bruno, and Bomo, Eze, Watkins, Haaland. But on the bench, you have a subkeeper like the model Johnston you have Chilwell Botman how do you feel about having cash on the bench like players on the bench rather than cash in the bank versus
0: I yeah, I feel it's yeah, just they'll... not an effective use of your money like um, it is a really good team though it is a really good team so this is a one team <laughs> is it a yeah. one is it just a premium it's a one just <laughs> premium
1: from what I can tell, all of the guys who do stats and analytics and projector points are favouring a one premium team and that seems to be what they are going with. So, therefore, all their teams have depth in bench and they, they think this is a really strong approach but it, it goes against what you and I have always felt, right? We always like having like bargain basement defence bench kind no, of I mean, formula but, defenders.
0: I think this has been a thing for ages, Siva. Like... um the whole argument that a premium player is never worth it, never worth their points per million unless you captain them, them. Yeah, And this argument has been around for, I don't know, five, six years, I think. But it never really works out. We always kind of need two premiums in the end. However, we've never had a player like Haaland, right, in the league, who did do the business so consistently last year. So I can see the argument for it, It does look like a good team, I would say. I have no comments, I guess. I was going to say, perhaps you can use the money better instead of the bench and put it in your team. But I'm looking at it right now and I don't see many places where you could really upgrade.
1: Okay. How about I show you a team where you can upgrade it right now? Okay, so this is no depth, no bench, okay? So 4.5 keeper, Estupinan, Gabriel, Chilwell, Mitoma, Sakasala, Rashford, Harvard's. Jao Pedro and Haaland no money on the bench so that is basically the same team I showed you just now I've swapped out Watkins for Jao Pedro and that enables Salah and I swapped mm-hmm. out one of the 8.5 well actually I was able to upgrade my 6.5 mid to Harvard so I could have even gone down a bit so now how do you feel about this team nobody yeah. on the bench except Baldock and Bayer
0: solid I, I'm i team cheap bench definitely
1: so you're fine, because this, again, contradicts everything we said at the start of the show. It just, it's, <laughs> it's not flexible. It has no price points. If something goes wrong, you have to sell Salah to fix this team.
0: You don't have to sell Salah. You could sell... Nah, you have to, You're
1: not going to sell Haaland. You're not going to sell Rashford. You're not going to sell Saka. I think that's fair. So to fix anything that's wrong with this team,
0: you've got to break Hubbard. Salah. You could sell Havertz. I mean... But then but you would he- have to play Baldock, yeah. Very low flexibility. Like we said at the start of the show, there is a proper way to play FPL. There is the right way to play. There is the, the meta way to play. But it's just not the fun way to play.
1: <laughs> I like how the thunder keeps chiming in every time we say break one of our rules. Um, long story short, I think... What we're saying is the first team is probably the best team in terms of you know the right way to play but this is a more fun team and you could probably end up with a better score out of this fun team just because you're chasing upside right but it's more risky
0: yeah i think it's higher chance of you beating the average but also higher chance of you you know tanking <laughs> it's a all-in kind of thing all or nothing
1: oh hey, all or nothing very good so coming to that, let's let's wrap up with your team, Sam, because I don't want to Ooh. take too long. We, we've we covered a lot of similar ground in the first episode. So your team. Um, I got a
0: spicy team for all you listeners who are not looking at the screen right now. Yeah, why don't you read have, out the names? Yeah. I, I mean, there's only one real talking point in this thing, which is that I decided to take out Harlan from my team. It has, and let me commit this, it has nothing to do with Harlan not scoring and getting 0.0 XG in the community shield. It has That's nothing really. to do with Kane scoring four. It has everything to do. The, the thing, the news that made me make this transfer was that Spurs rejected Bayern's bid. And right now I'm convinced that Kane is gonna stay. And I'm not lying, Siva. My original draft did not have Kane. I uh, did not have Haaland. It had Kane and Salah. I was going with these two premiums. And then the news of Bayern, and it gave me the uncertainty. I wasn't sure if Kane's gonna stay. So I took Kane out, brought in Haaland, and started to destroy my team <laughs> to feed Haaland in. Now that he's staying, I'm going with it. It's okay. it's tough. Um, I'm not gonna lie, it requires strong nerves to to go without Haaland. There is an argument for it though. It could be a bad argument, it's probably um what's the word? Confirmation bias. <laughs> Trying Truth to is. justify my, why I'm doing it. But here's the thing you have Haaland, right? Siva. Yeah, yeah, I do. 80%, 83% of FPL has Haaland or some stupid number like that. What happened if Haaland scores? Um, Nothing. I, I'd be, I'll be happy. Would you? It, it has literally zero impact on your squad. I mean, I'll feel nice. I mean, you'll be happier against like the, I don't know, 17% of managers who don't have Haaland. (laughs) It has zero impact. Even if you captain him, zero impact. Everyone is going to have Haaland and captain him. So this, not having Haaland is essentially an all or nothing kind of play. You either shoot up, if your pick outscores Haaland, the EO you get from it, you know, it's... It's you know, you are gonna fly up above 80% of FPL. But at the same time, if it doesn't work out, you're gonna be at the bottom 70, 20 percent. You're gonna be, you know, end up with a gimmick rank of 8 million or some some stupid thing like that. But yeah, all or nothing, Siva. Uh, I thought about it, man. How annoying will it be if I have Haaland and he scores a hat trick, scores two, scores one, doesn't matter at all to your team zero impact um, in fact if someone triple in the f- in one of those weeks it has negative impact on your team right because that's how high its ownership is so essentially you are betting the house you are betting your entire FPL season um, just to have fun I guess
1: okay uh, let me just read out your team before I continue right your team is Flecken, Chilwell, Anderson Gabriel, Rashford, mm-hmm. Saka, Eze Salah captain, Julian Alvarez, Watkins, and Kane.
0: Alvarez is purely... I got slight cold feet. (laughs) That city will do well. So I I just want a bit of that action with Alvarez.
1: So Alvarez is sort of your protection against Haaland. I I, I get where you're coming from, Sam. I get it. It's not fun when you captain somebody at 200% EO. He scores. It makes no difference to your rank. I get that. But I think your problem isn't with Haaland. Your problem is with math because <laughs> the, the, the simple math is this. There's a reason why people are all capping Haaland. It's because he is expected to do well against a promoted team on day one. So it's not like people are captaining him out of, okay, some some of it's fear and some of it's ownership, but it's just a really good fixture. Like I think Haaland versus Burnley is a better fixture than Kane versus Brentford. And the second week, I think Haaland's got a better fixture against Newcastle at, as opposed to
0: Kane who plays United. So I... Think, In the course of a season, the points difference from Haaland and Kane, if it repeats from last year, will be minimal. It wasn't that big. It was small. Uh, Of course, Haaland, towards the end, had a lot of games he didn't play. But then you factor in that Kane was playing in a team that was not good at all last season. Um, Everyone expects Spurs to do better. If Spurs do better, Kane will do better. More goals, more assists, blah, blah, blah. Plus, now he has medicine. He's not solely the person creating right now. He has a creative presence behind him. Yeah. I won't be surprised if Kane outscores Haaland this season. Or at least ends up really close. Um, and he doesn't even have to outscore. He just needs to be close enough to justify the... My math is bad. 1.5. No. I don't know. The savings yeah. that you get going Kane over Haaland, right? 1.5, mate. Yes, uh, I'll save you. trouble. <laughs> So yeah, I I get this is not the right way to play FL. It's not. I would never advise anyone to do this. Um, But I just want to have fun, Siva. There is no... I like like having fun. No, don't say there's no wrong way to play FL. There is. There is a right way and there is a wrong way. The right way is to have Haaland. I'm 100% aware of that, Siva. I just want to have fun. Let me have fun with a haaland draft. And if it really goes bad, you know, in game week three, just transfer one of them out and get Haaland in. It's not that hard. And you only Kane miss scored... out of what, two weeks of points. Yeah. Kane scored nine points less than Haaland last
1: season. So if we take your theory that there's some regression due for Haaland, and by extension, Kane is due a slight uptick because Postecoglou's in and obviously a more attacking coach than Conte. And Madison's there, so I can accept you. You know, you've got a decent hypothesis. Uh, I I don't have the guts you do, which maybe is the wrong way. Maybe I am playing this the wrong way because I'm not just being, sort of stepping back and just being brave and just going in my gut. I'm being slightly scared. But no, there's there's no wrong way to play FPL Sam. The only wrong way is to own Edison. And apart from that, I think, <laughs> you know, whatever yeah. you do is fine. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: I like it. I, I hope you stick to this draft. You know, we'll see on Friday. I will. I will mark my words, Eva. I've set my mind on it. It will be there. No Holland draft. Yeah. I, I'm still stuck between those last two drafts
1: I showed you. I haven't decided. It. It's basically Jao Pedro versus Watkins. I need to sit in a room and think about that. Common sense tells me Watkins is the right one, but Jao Pedro, man, he's just so sexy. Like something about it getting a hat-trick against Luton on day one. I just it's something I want it. We'll see. <laughs> Um, just before we wrap up, if late team news comes in on Friday, Sam, and City start Foden and start Stones and you know all sorts of other stuff, will that change your lineup? If they start Gavardio at 5 mil, would you start changing this
0: lineup? Not for a defender because, again, I don't expect them to keep many clean sheets over the first few weeks. If Alvarez is not starting, yeah, my backup would be to... So right now, I have one 4.5 mid. I'll just switch Alvarez to a 4.5 for the and then move up my four point five mid to you know M- 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 or something like that. Speaking of four point five mids, if you are looking for one on the screen, there's Anderson there, but I haven't had time to change it yet. I think uh, there's a lot of talk on. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his full Kani name. Yeah. I like to- um, that. Don't you like that? I could I could predict where you were going with that. Not bad, Siva. Not bad, yeah. and you pronounced it well. I think. <laughs> no one will tell us we're wrong. <laughs> but yeah, um, looks expected to start, I think, by Chelsea fans to fill in for that Ngunku role while he's out. So it's going to be a 4.5 mid playing as a 10. And he's good. He's a good player, a really good talent, creative player. So I think if you need a 4.5 mid, he's the one to go.
1: Okay, fair enough. I, I like that. I think Kani's a good, interesting pick now that Ngunku is out for three months. And he's 4.5 uh, unless you're very concerned you won triple Chelsea which now seems less likely with the inconco uh, mm-hmm. injury. So yeah, fair enough. I think that's it for se- us, Sam. We've gone slightly above time. So anything else to say before we wrap up?
0: Get, no, not Green Arrows. What was it we said? <laughs> Get a good start of the season. Have fun playing FPL, everyone. Have fun.
1: Yeah, and if it goes wrong, just you know, always... A
0: harland Do it, guys. Do it. But... Do it. Oh, man. I mean, if Team News leaks and Haaland's out, you know, somehow... Uh, it, I, I would hate it if it's out, Siva. That means my whole punt when I have Haaland will be for nothing. Good luck, Sam. I, ho- I hope you stick with this. And we will see you all
1: next week for Game Week 2. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye. Oh, this is big.